for Allah even though it be against your own selves or your parents or near relatives this was chapter 4 verse 135 and the last one is chapter 5 verse 8 ya I have recited these verses because I want to look at the use of the word word kawamun used in these places particularly in chapter 4 verse 
You see, the difficulty people have in understanding the Holy Quran is that the Holy Quran is in Arabic and Arabic is a language built on concepts. When something new comes along, Arabic does not say, let's invent a new word for it. Arabic says, well, do we have something with which this bears a similarity? And if there is some concept that is similar to this new idea, it, will, it may use the same word or it may actually add something to that word to denote the new idea. For example, shafa, to heal. And from that, the word for hospital is made mustashfa, the place where I am healed, literally. It becomes a phrase, although it's a one word in Arabic, it becomes a phrase in English when, when, when translated, because there is a similarity between what shafa Shafa'a tells you, which is to heal, and what is going to happen to you when you go to this place. So literally, it's the place where healing takes place. So, or the place where I'm going to be healed. And uh, this is why, particularly when we look at the, 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 the Holy Quran, people I mean, the, the obvious example I always like to give is uh, uh, later on in the same chapter, uh, the word Daraba is used. If you look at the word Daraba in the Holy Quran and you look it up in the dictionary, there are lots and lots and lots of places where it is used. And in many of those, the translation is different. And people are sometimes surprised at this difference in translation. But the reason is that the same word is used in Arabic because there is a similarity between the, the, the two things. For example, Daraba means to strike, but Daraba also means to go. Like in English you say, strike out. He struck out to uh, find his fortune. So that doesn't mean he beat anyone, but you strike your feet on the ground when you're going somewhere. So with that similarity, and, and that is the, the sort of thing. And I want to look at this word Kawamun uh, uh, for this reason, that in the West, certainly since I arrived for the last 40 years, two things have been said and that is that uh, women in Islamic countries are not given any freedom and uh, they are not allowed out and why is it that Quran says uh, men must protect women? Well, you see Shall I mention Harvey Weinstein? 
Shall I mention Jimmy Savile? The women Harvey Weinstein was raping and molesting were they sort of, how shall we say, uh, suffering from, uh, you know, lack of confidence, unknown people who no one knew? These were confident women in a profession, probably near the top. And yet this man managed to sexually harass them, molest them, even rape them, it is said. Or shall I mention the President's Club to you, which has been in the news recently, where, <coughs> and I always find this, this uh, phrase amusing, the great and the good. This is the definition of the people who actually went to that party and molested these girls. They are the great and the good. Well, what's so great about them? And what's so good about them? And this is a point I made some time ago in a different khutbah that we are quite happy, we are quite happy for these women molesters to make laws for us that we are going to follow. But we object to God or the Holy Prophet Muhammad <coughs> telling us how to live our lives. Nasir, my younger son, was an excellent football player. And some guy came to me one day and he said, I've seen your son play and, and he's an excellent player. And I said, oh, thank you very much. And he said to me, I want to take him and coach him and train him. And I said, well, not if I'm not there. And he said, why? I'm Mr. XYZ's coach, I'm this one's coach, I'm that one's coach. How about the uh, American doctor who molested 175 Olympic athletes? Can you see the similarity? If I have a daughter, he comes to me and I said, well, I'm not going to send my daughter off with you. She's 10 years old or 11 years old. And he says, oh, yeah, you know, look at all these great Olympic uh, uh, athletes and, and I would uh, uh, train them and taught them and so on. So this guy was saying the same thing to me. And I said, yes, fine. But I don't know you. Does that bring to mind the coach who sexually molested these young kids that he took away to coach in the UK. This came to light a few months ago. The point is about, you see, this guy has been sent to prison, this, this American doctor or something, Nasser was his name. And the, 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 the the judge said, I have signed your death warrant. Yes, maybe. But what about those 175 girls who've been suffering since he molested them and who will continue to suffer psychological damage for the rest of their lives?
some of them may not even be able to live a normal life. And she, if she was 10 when he molested this girl and she dies at 80, that's 70 years of suffering per person. Multiply that by 170, 175. How many hundreds of years of suffering is it for those girls? This is why this verse can be read in many ways. Most of the Quran can be read in many different ways. God says men are to safeguard women because of the skills that we have endowed upon. What we have given them, whatever we have, whether it's strength or intelligence or, or money or resources, whatever it is, God has given that to us. And some people will say, well, it goes on to talk about men and women. Yes, this is true. But the beauty of Islam is that it states a general principle. This is how it should be. And then goes on. And then goes on to apply to a particular situation. So in this case, the Holy Quran is saying that men are to safeguard women. This is their duty. But you see, it's a two-way thing. <coughs> I left my home to come to Juma, and if I left uh, the door unlocked, and someone went in and burgled my house, and I then got back and uh, rang the police, and um, the police uh, said, did you lock the door? And I said, no, the door wasn't locked. And they said, well, don't you think you should have locked the door? And I responded by, well, you know, burglaries shouldn't take place. People shouldn't go into other people's houses and take stuff that doesn't belong to them. Well, that is very true. But it's also up to me to lock my door. You know the Holy Prophet's example when someone leapt off a camel or a horse or something and uh, just left it and was rushing away and the Holy Prophet uh, asked him, um, what about your uh, ride? And he said, oh, I trust in Allah. And the Holy Prophet said, first tie your camel, then trust in Allah. First lock your door and then you can say, why did the burglar or how did the burglar get in? So in some cases, when Islam says to women, segregate yourself from men, that is the reason. That is the reason. You know, on big question uh, some years ago uh, in, in, in one program, these things were uh, 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 um, considered and men non-Muslim men were all up in arms. You are telling us all we think about is sexually molesting women and so on. Well, Nick, I wonder if you were at the uh, 
President's Club dinner two days ago. And the thing is this, this thing would have continued to happen if Financial Times hadn't sent a reporter there to report on that, to record everything and report on it. But my other point remains. I request my sisters <coughs> to respect themselves, to respect their own dignity and their own bodies. Does it not occur to you that when someone is asking you to wear a particular type of dress, what the reason for that might be? Many years ago there was a case in employment in the employment tribunal and in those days it was norm for barmaids to wear very low-cut blouses for obvious reasons. And this girl refused and she was sacked. So she went to the employment tribunal and sought protection. And the tribunal decided in her favour. Why should she be required to wear a low-cut blouse? How does it add to her doing her job in the best way? Well, we know because men wanted to ogle at her. And that's the point that the Holy Quran is making. Men are to safeguard women's honour and their dignity. And I wish these people who'd gone to the President's Club uh, uh, dinner, you see, it's very, uh, very ironic, isn't it? We are going there to do good. We are going to donate money so that women who are molested and have uh, or subjected to domestic violence can leave home and a refuge can be built for them. So that's what you're donating the money for with one hand and with the other one you're groping the waitress who's serving you. Well, what's the point of that charity? And it's very similar, it's very similar to what we Muslims say and do. I'm not exempting ourselves. Do good in this world, why? Now you'll get Who's in the next world? Some say 72 of them. I don't know what any man would do with 72 uh, who's, but then that's a matter of a separate discussion. So it is for Muslims to point out to the West that yes, you, criti you criticize us, but there is good reason. There is good reason for the Holy Quran saying that men and women dress modestly, both of them. Ask the general who was trying to create an army in what are now known as the uh, uh, Gulf states, 
Dubai and Abu Dhabi and so on. And the uniform they had because of the heat for their own boys. This is the British boys. Was shorts. And the Arab boys would not wear shorts. They said it's unseemly. We are not supposed to expose our legs. Exactly the same thing that women say or that is said to women. It was exactly the same. How wearing shorts was going to make them better soldiers, I don't know, but that, that, that's a separate thing. But the point is both are required to dress modestly. Both are required not to give rise to situations or situations where misunderstandings can take place. I think it was Pence, the American vice president, who said that if he has to uh, uh, give an interview to a woman, he insists that his wife is present. And everyone screamed and shouted. And I applauded him. And I applauded him for his caution. He did not want to give rise to a situation where his integrity or, or honour or the woman who was interviewing him, her integrity or honour, could be called into question. But the point I want to make is this, that the Holy Quran, when it talks about Kawwamun, in 434, it starts off by making a general statement of principle that men must safeguard women's, women physically and in all, others, in all other ways. Their integrity, their honour, etc. This applies to all men, it doesn't just say Muslim. And why is that? You might say, well, you know, uh, the, this is not right, the, this is uh, uh, not fair and so on. Well, let me ask you this. What's the percentage of men in the parliament? What's the percentage of men in the House of Commons? What's the percentage of men in the House of Lords? So who is going to make laws to protect these women? It's addressed to those men. It's addressed to the men who went and attended the President's Club's dinner. It's addressed to the, uh, to the doctor who were sexually abusing these young American gymnasts. They may be, I've never heard of them, but they may be women who also harass, harass men in, 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 in the same way. But up until now, we haven't come across any examples of that. From creation up until now, it has been the man who's been doing this. And this is why God says, and then it goes on to talk about women. 
then it goes on to talk about wives here. But then does that exclude daughters? Does that exclude sisters? No. In another place, daughters are dealt with, where the Holy Quran says that they ascribe girls to God, but when someone tells them that they've had a girl, their faces turn blue with rage. This verse applies. Don't bury her, safeguard her, protect her. In another place, the Holy Quran says, if your parents are old, if your mother is old, and she says something to you, don't answer back. The only time you are to refuse to obey them is if they ask you to do something that is immoral. Again, the same thing applies to that. I've seen men, and this applies to women as well, abuse their parents, take their pension, and all kinds. But that is a topic for another day. And the worst that I guess you can say, that men in general has violated most, and I include Muslims in that, keeping in mind what happened to poor Zainab the, uh, a few weeks ago. Now you might want to know that the perpetrator was a member of an international paedophile uh, group. And that was what gave rise to his perverted, <coughs> perverted behaviour. But here the statement is general. Men are to safeguard women. So whether you're a teacher or you're a doctor or you're a husband or you're a boss or whoever you are, safeguard women under you, women in your organization, safeguard their honor, safeguard their integrity. And uh, I live in hope that with what uh, we have seen recently happen in the last two years with Jimmy Savile and Harvey Weinstein and the President's Club and this uh, 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 Nasser guy in the United States, West will reconsider its crit criticism of Islam and the Quran. <coughs> when the Holy Quran says that we should be very careful not to give rise even to, to situations where even a suspicion can arise, let alone the actual fact. <coughs> so uh, let us pray that we learn a lesson from this as well, that responsibility falls much more on men who are Muslims to do so uh, rather than others. The others will have the excuse we didn't know.
but we wouldn't have that excuse.